0: I come in to meet God. Amen. Because He's worthy. He's worthy. I will pass away. <laughs> okay. I'm a servant of the Lord just like you are. But our God is deserving of our worship and praise. And I want everybody, not just here at Lighthouse Fellowship, but across the body of Christ, to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. I want everybody to encounter Him. I want everybody in this church and everybody in the body of Christ. That actually began to just go in a deeper level in their relationship with Jesus Christ than they've ever gone before. I'm not just talking about saying, yes, I believe in Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're born again, okay? But I'm talking about in a depth of intimacy that we've never known before. That we wouldn't do anything that we know would displeasing. That we would only want to do God's will. Olivia's put on worship music and worshiping the Lord And God prepared her spirit, man, to receive that word, to bring direction in her life because she was going in a different direction. It wouldn't have been wrong and God would have blessed what he was doing in her life because she's obviously his daughter. But she was seeking the Lord in worship. She said, only put on worship, all I listen to. So everything else was taken out. And this is why we talked about it last week and we'll just share just a moment of it today about that and hearing God and then obeying what He tells you to do, no matter what it is. You know, if you have the attitude and you're here today saying, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do, I'll say whatever you want me to say, and I'll go wherever you want me to go, God's got great plans for you. Because He has to be first place in our lives. If not, then sometimes, obviously, in all of our lives, including mine, He sort of gets further down on the list because other things come in and take His place. And yet no one can take the place in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm asking for revival. I'm asking for an awakening. And when we see the glory and asking to see his glory, when we see the glory of God, let me tell you, there's going to be things that are happening in our lives. We'll fall in love with Jesus Christ. That's all I care about is fall in love with him over and over and over again. Nothing else makes any difference. Nothing at all. Except falling in love with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's it. And I want everybody as your pastor. And this is personal to every one of you. And it will obviously be in a way that <clears throat> that is real personal. And I can't, no one can dictate that. But I want everybody to fall in love with him. You'll never be the same when you fall in love with that, that glorious man that's seated at the right hand of the Father. His name is Jesus. You'll not be the same. And so I've mentioned as I began this series, that my heart has been crying out, God, show me your glory. And I mentioned something that really sort of speaks to me when I ask you the question. If you had one prayer to ask God, what would it be? What would it be? Would it be for, obviously, take care of my financial needs, take care of my health, take care of my family, take care of whatever the issue is that you may be facing, whatever that may be. Would it be that? Or, as Moses did in Exodus chapter 33, he said this, he said, if your presence doesn't go with us, we're not leaving this place. And then he went on to say, show me your glory. So Moses, I think, went to a deeper level or higher level, whatever how you want to say it, and asked that God would show him his glory. It evidently was important enough to that man being used of God who hesitated when God called him, but he went forth in the power and might of God's power in his life to ask God for something really important, and that is, Lord, show me your glory. And so if we talk about this and talk about worship, I want to talk today about something that I believe is very important, and that is the power of praise. So Lynette, if you would put up there last week's uh, scripture, Exodus 33, verses 7 through 11. We'll read this first, and then I'm going to take off on this, and then we're going to go into the new scripture. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 33, we read last week. And remember what I mentioned to you about hearing God. Uh, the testimony, again, I'm going to use Olivia's example because she spoke out. She didn't ask. I'm I'm just doing it because it's personified when you hear what Olivia said and how she began to seek the Lord and what God has has brought her to. Now, Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside outside the camp, okay, through 11. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. And Moses went into the tent. The pillar of cloud, the glory of God, would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud or the glory of God standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to his tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Catch that? Did not leave the tent. Joshua wanted to stay in the presence of the Lord. Because, see, he would follow Moses as far as the leader of the Israelites. And he wanted to stay in the glory of God. And so, as we talked about last week, the tent of meeting was taken and placed outside the camp of activity. He got along with the Lord. And Moses communed and fellowship with the Lord in the presence of the glory of God. Amen? And Joshua was there. And I, I challenged you, in me, is that we would get along with the Lord. I have my time in the morning. Uh, Sometimes it's lengthy, sometimes it's not. Sometimes I don't want to get up and do whatever because I just want to sit in the presence of the Lord. Sometimes I put on worship music. I can get it. Sometimes I will pray some of the words to some of the worship songs and pray it back to the Lord, some of them, that I've been singing, some of the new ones that I've been finding and so forth. And I'll sit and talk to Him and commune with Him. Sometimes I can sit and all of a sudden begin to weep, just weep, not tears of sadness, but tears of joy because the presence of the Lord comes and just begins to move on me. Because when I still my heart in the presence of the Lord, he begins to do something in my life. And I mentioned to you last week, I I challenged you to get along with the Lord and hear him. Moses had to get outside the, the daily activities of what was happening in the camp and get along with the Lord. I had to do that. You remember, obviously, Jesus, he got alone. He went up on the mountain. He got alone with the Lord because he needed to hear his father speak to him. He needed also to feel the presence of the Lord. Now, the church over the years, many times I was raised in a church that I was taught doctrine. I was taught, obviously, the, the, who God is and so forth, his character and so forth. But I never was talked about experiencing the Lord necessarily. But there's two sides to this. One is learning who God is. But there's also the side of experiencing Him. And knowing Him intimately. It's just like our wives. Or our, our husbands, either one. You know, if we, we sort of like sometimes now we can read each other's mind the longer we've been married, right? We know that. <laughs> we can look at each other and I know exactly what Cindy was saying before she even says it, okay? We can't. But something happens when we converse, when we begin to talk with one another about whatever it is, we begin to share that and we begin to obviously share our lives together. It's the same way with the Lord is that we begin to share our lives with him and he wants that. And so we know in the sense of omnipresence of the Lord that God is everywhere, that he is here. He's here now. And by faith, I know he's here. Because he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And that's the word of God. Hebrews 13, 5. But we know sometimes it's kind of like you can just reach out and touch him. Sometimes there is a tangible presence of the Lord. The manifest presence of the Lord. That's the glory of God. That's what I'm talking about. We need to encounter him. Because many times, you know, when obviously we talked about the fact just singing is not necessarily worshiping. Okay? And God is leading us from that place, just singing, to entering into His presence that we are touched by His actually manifested presence. When He manifests His presence in our hearts and lives, we're changed. Something goes on. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that we're changed, what? From glory to glory. Every time you encounter Him, you change. When you accepted Christ, there was a certain extent, that glory of God that touched your heart. And you changed the obviously everything became new, became saved. And and all the past there, although we sometimes try to hang on to that, we know we were forgiven of our sins when we accept Christ into our hearts. And so God is doing something I think so special in our lives today. I want everybody to experience. So that's what we want to talk about today. Well, specifically, I want to talk about the power of praise. OK, real simply, I'm going to make it and just kind of whittle it down to where it's real simple about that. But I want you to know when we come in here, what's going what's what, what's happening, what is actually happening so that not just after we can come in and experience certainly no, but to experience him and why this is happening. By the power of praise. Worship is the reason we were created. Worship. Is the reason we were created. And I've always told the Lord, Lord, I want to be a worshiper. God is looking for worshipers. You know, God doesn't need our worship. He's God, okay? But He's looking for people. There's a difference there in worshipers and what He's doing in our lives to worship Him. We want to worship Him. But ultimately, He is looking for worshipers. He's seeking worshipers who will worship Him. And the Bible says, in spirit, And in truth, the truth of his word, but certainly in the spirit with the totality of our being, all that is within us, that we worship the Lord. It is in worship that our hearts express our longing for the presence of God. I hope that all of us long for God and to meet with him and to encounter him. And I pray in these series of messages, which there are several more, that you get hungry for God. That there's something in your heart that's stirring. There's something you're going, what's going on here? And God begins to stir things in your heart. Now, I know we cooperate with Him, but He sovereignly can do whatever He wants to do. But that He would stir a hunger in your heart and my heart because I want to know Him. I don't want to just know about Him. I want to know Him personally. The presence of God is promised to every believer. And Jesus said, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there I am among you. Matthew chapter 18. And Jesus said, lo, I will be with you until the end of the age in Matthew chapter 28. Again, even though the presence of God is promised, it's not always felt, not always felt by every believer. We believe it by faith, but we may not feel him. But that doesn't change the reality that he's present and he's with us and he's in us. The presence of God is a subjective experience or actually is personal. He'll touch me maybe in a way, personally, and he may touch you. And I mentioned here some time ago is we can be in a worship service and God is really touching somebody right beside us. And and it's kind of like, what's going on here? Because it's all subjective. And it's all what God does, okay? And touches our hearts because he deals with us and who we are. He knows who we are. He knows everything about us, obviously, from the beginning to the end, or or the end, certainly won't be the end, we'll continue to live with Him. But He knows everything about us, but He wants us to know Him personally. So, one person may feel nothing during the singing, but may feel the presence of the Lord by the preaching of the Word. God may speak and quicken the Word of God to their hearts and all. So, I can't expect God to work the same in all of our hearts and lives, but I can come in expecting Him to work. I don't know what He's going to do, but I know whatever He does is always good. How many knows that? Amen? Everything that He does is good. Now, the glory of God, when we talk about it, is much different than actually just the presence of the Lord, although it's the presence of God in the glory of God in that. But the glory of God is actually more intensely powerful in fact, in heaven, the angels shield their faces with their wings when they're before the glory of God. In the book of Revelation, Isaiah, they put it, The glory of God is so strong in their lives. But you and I were made to behold His glory in the entirety for all eternity. I've shared experience that I've had. Ex- different times I've experienced encountered the glory of God. One, when God changed my life and I went in a completely different direction and kind of like what Olivia talked about and where I was going because I was in manufacturing and made a switch because there was a call in my life to go in ministry. And I experienced the glory of God two days in my living room in Pearland. And God touched me. And I knew that God was releasing His glory. But it was so awesome. I wept and wept and wept. It was The presence of the Lord was like, you know, you just so thick and so heavy there. in the presence, I wept, just could not stop weeping in the presence of the Lord. I knew that He had forgiven me as a sinner. Because I, had, I really did not walk with the Lord in my years of my life. I knew the forgiveness that the blood of Jesus Christ provided for me personally. And I knew at that moment that if I was the only sinner on this whole earth, He still would have went to Calvary. And, but I also knew, and didn't understand it, certainly and still don't, but the glory of God, I knew He was holding back because if He were completely released His glory, that my body, this old body, couldn't take it. But see, we were created for the glory of God. We were created to worship Him. When Moses asked, show me your glory, he wanted the most important thing that any person I believe could ever ask for. It's a show me your glory. And sometimes we see something happening, like a miracle, we know. We see something changes, even the law of nature changes. and We see a miracle happen. Healing is a miracle. Uh, It's an observable sign and and so forth. There's something will happen there that opens our eyes, like the glory of God comes. At that time. You remember the story there in Acts chapter 2. In Pentecost. Remember what happened? In fact, I'll turn to it right now. In Acts chapter 2. We'll look at this just real quickly. Because I want you all to go. And I want any questions that you have. As we go along through this. You can always ask. And we'll answer. I want everybody to understand what we're talking about today. Because I want everybody to begin with understanding it. Actually to whatever extent we can. Begins, I believe, that we can experience the presence of the Lord. And this is Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Here we go. A mighty rushing wind came in. This is the glory of God coming in. This is the glory of God. Rushing in. Touching those men. And they went out. They were just a motley crew of men. But they went out changed. And they turned the world upside down. With the gospel of, of the kingdom of God. Amen. They turned the world upside down. They had experienced the glory of God. Remember Isaiah. We brought that as example. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah saw the king. Obviously, his his king, his friend, had died. And God Isaiah had a vision of God. Get it. A vision of God. And he saw him on his throne. Think about this. Isn't that great? I mean, think about what Isaiah saw. And he immediately he said, woe is me. I am a sinner. And I'm living amongst a group of sinners here all around me. And remember what God did. He took the seraphim and took the coal and touched it to his mouth, his tongue. And he realized he was forgiven at that moment. The same way Jesus does. When God quickens our heart and we come to a place of realizing that we're sinners and we have no way out. And right behind it, God says, I'm going to give you grace because my son came and died for those sins. And we realize we're forgiven. Isaiah realized that. The glory of God actually comes and touches us in that manner. And again, it's personal. It's very personal. And so you can't dictate that one person will experience this while somebody else is going to experience the same thing. No, it may be completely different. But they know something has happened. Remember, Isaiah said at that point, he says, "Uh, Lord, here I am. Send me. He was ready to be commissioned to go out and obviously to do God's will When you encounter the glory of God and begin to worship the way God has called us to worship, there's nothing going to stop you from sharing about your relationship with Jesus Christ. You want the whole world to know. You want people all around you because you know that people need the Lord. And so your priorities begin to change. All those things used to take priority. Now they become obviously way down on the list and God becomes first. Now, getting into praise, why do we have testimonies? Betty said it here. Testimonies are for praise, and and obviously we need to praise the Lord. And I've talked to you about praise Him. If you have something to say, it's time to come in and share what God is doing. And you may not think that what God is doing will have any effect upon another person's life, but it does. It does. I'm going to use somebody's example not to embarrass him at all, but Sid, Matchett yesterday, gave his testimony about, can you hear me, Sid? Can you hear me? Can you hear me right now? Can you hear me? You can't? Sid gave his testimony yesterday at the men's breakfast. I was touched so deeply by your testimony. I was touched, Sid, by your testimony yesterday in there. And I mean that with all my heart. And I know everybody was in there. And you, took, you stood up. Because I, I started to interrupt you. And you said, hang on. <laughs> I've got more to say. I sat down. Okay, when somebody else has more to say, I sit down. Okay. And Sid stood up and began to talk about his relationship with Jesus Christ. And it touched me so deeply. I don't ever want you to stop doing that, Sid. Because your testimony and praising Jesus was so powerful. It affected me and every man in that place. And I believe it changed the atmosphere in that whole time with the men. I don't want you to ever stop. You keep telling people about your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what I'm talking about. Testimonies or praises. Lifts up the name of Jesus Christ. Praise is about what God has done in our lives here. See, praise can be distant, cold, or superficial, but worship is usually real intimate. And the heart of a person, obviously, does not need to be near to God to praise Him because there is the sacrifice of praise. We should be praising Him in season and out of season. We should be praising Him in the good times and the bad times today. Why? It's because there's power in praise. You see, God doesn't need our praises. But when we praise Him, what happens in your heart and my heart? It changes our lives. What happens when somebody testifies in here like what we've heard today and what we heard yesterday? I'm changed today. My passion for Jesus gets greater and greater and greater. And there's a deeper hunger in my relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the importance of praise because there is power in praise. There's praise, power that is released than nothing else. The Bible says that rocks, obviously, will cry out if we didn't praise Him. And that is Scripture, Luke chapter 19. Rocks don't obviously have a relationship with Jesus in that way or God Almighty. There's no interaction of personalities, obviously, between them. But praise is still possible. Praise the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. Praise his holy name. Worship's different. It brings us to the close, close to the heart of God. And relationship is required to worship because worship is about who God is. Remember that. And that's why we're here. Not here to be seen by man. Man, my whole desire is. My whole life's pursuit is that all of us as a pastor, that in any way that I can lead according to the will of God, all of you into a deeper intimacy and relationship with Jesus Christ, that's what I live for. My life has to first of all go in that direction. But to be leading you as your pastor in that respect, if you think about it, it's inappropriate for us to really just barge into God's holy presence without praise on our lips. He's the king of kings and he's the creator and ruler of the universe. He's willing to meet us anytime, place. But if the angels can't approach his throne without praises, how can we? That's why I said get ready. All week long worship him and praise him. And before you come, sometimes, you know, if you maybe have, maybe there's, there's something on your heart or somebody says something to you sort of hits you the wrong way and all that, it throws you off course. No, you need to come back. And sometimes we don't feel like praising Him. And I mentioned that before, haven't we? We don't feel like it necessarily because we come in here tired. And I've always said this, what I do is I begin by clapping. And I may not feel like it, but what happens is I start doing it and then my feelings will catch up with that later on but I'm not clapping because I always feel like it and always just to give praise because I feel like it, but I do it because He's worthy of all of our praise. He's worthy. Worthy of our praise. Whether or not we praise Him or not, rock's going to cry out. But He wants us to participate with Him. He wants us to to move into a relationship with Him. It's all about relationship. Praise is about commending, applauding, express approval, recognition, or admiration to extol in words or in song or to magnify or to glorify. Actually, praise is making much of God. Hallelujah. Making much of God. The Jews were very vocal. And they were emotional in the expression of their praise to God. I'll mention this. Meditation is not praise. You praise Him, something's got to come out of your mouth or your body's got to act like it. You know, if you're sitting back there meditating and you got your head down, you may be praying. You may be whatever. You may be sleeping. But you're not praising. Praise is audible. Praise is outward. Praise is expressed by our whole being because He's worthy. Praise then many times will lead us into worship. Not always. And so not necessarily. Praise, we begin with praise. And that's why we call it praise and worship. Many times, Kathy, I start out with something and we begin to praise the Lord and then settle right into worship because we begin with praise. We're called to praise God whether we feel like it or not. Praise is not dependence upon our feelings but upon the greatness of God and He never changes. In Psalm 42, verse 5, why? And David's saying this, why am I so discouraged? Why am I so sad? I will put my hope in God, and I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Some folks say, yeah, but Jim, praise is emotionalism. (laughs) I've heard that a lot. (laughs) Praise is emotionalism. Let me explain what that is. You see, emotionalism means that you're following the dictates of your emotions. Praise is a discipline that requires our initiative regardless of our emotions. Emotionalism is when we only want to praise when we feel like it. not emotionalism. But let me tell you, in praise, you may just get emotional. You may be touched, just as I said in my time, and sometimes just weep, just weep, weep in the presence of the Lord. Sometimes there's a, a joy that comes over me. Sometimes there's like, you know, strength that I can tell is being like infused in my heart because why? I'm praising Him. Because I, my Father, I want to know Him in a deep way, in a deep manner, and I want to walk with Him day by day, hand in hand. He does something special at that time. We praise God enthusiastically, whether or not we feel like it or not. So, why should we praise God? Why? Well, we're commanded to. Psalm 150 verse 1. Praise the Lord. God doesn't ask us to praise Him. He commands us. It's not until we're willing to praise Him that we come into a proper relationship with Him. God doesn't need our praises, I said. We need to praise Him. We need to praise Him. And God has commanded us to praise Him not because of what it does for Him but because it changes us from the inside out. Give thanks to the Lord in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I don't always feel like thanking. And you say, yeah, but won't I act really super pious that that happens? And people will say, well, this Jesus freak, in one way or another, is going around praising the Lord. And I'm not saying, obviously, you know what I'm saying, but I don't worry about it. You need to praise Him. He's worthy. Sometimes He'll just touch your heart. Praise Him. Thank Him audibly, or praise Him, I lift my hands, I praise Him, I clap my hands, I sometimes, you know, I would dance, see, because many scriptures in the Bible are about dancing before the Lord, I won't be distracted, and plus, I don't dance real good, but I can move, okay, and I know all of us here can move, until, you know, you're, you're aching bones and so forth, I understand that too. But give your totality of who you are to the Lord. He's worthy of our praise. We hold back. Why? Because what is Joe Blow going to think of us? What are they thinking if I do this and that? Or I praise the Lord kind of outwardly in a way because I just love my Jesus. Let me tell you, testimonies like what I'm hearing. People don't care what anybody thinks. They care what God thinks. Praise is so powerful god receives ample praise from his other creations and he'll manage quite well if you and i refuse to praise him but the father seeks worshipers in john chapter 4 worshipers not necessarily worship there's power in praise now listen to this i want you to get it how much time we got got a little bit of time okay if you'll put up there lynette michael Second Chronicles chapter 20. Anybody want to stand? They can. Look here. Second Chronicles chapter 15. Now what's happening is all these armies, enemies of the Israelites were coming against Israel. And they were highly outnumbered. They didn't know what to do. So the prophet began to speak and tell Jehoshaphat what to do. And this is what Jehoshaphat did. Listen to what this, because see, praise the spiritual warfare. And he said, listen, King Jehoshaphat, all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. everybody know that? The battle is not yours, it's God's. Tomorrow, march down against them, and they will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeriel. And you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Oh, Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow. And the Lord will be with you. Amen. Jehoshaphat bowed to his face to the ground. All the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. And then some Levites from the Kohathites, and the Aquaritites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with what? A very loud voice. Amen? Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa and they set out. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in His prophets and you'll be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men, listen, to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love and yours forever. Hallelujah. And as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. Lord, have mercy God had Jehoshaphat sent the worship team out in front and this vast army that was coming against them and they began to sing and praise the Lord and what happened? The enemies were defeated. And I don't know, and don't doesn't say anything about one shot or one error being shot or in any way. They sang and praised, and their enemies were defeated. If you want your enemies defeated, those things that come against you in your life, whatever it may be, begin to praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Shout to the Lord, amen. Shout to the Lord. Praise Him. Your enemies will be defeated. Because we have enemies today. If you want to fight spiritual warfare on the way God desires us, begin to praise Him and thank Him. God, teach us to praise You, Lord. Because we don't do it enough. There's power in praise. This is why this particular story I love so much. I'm, over the many years, I love it. Because it talks about how we are outnumbered, how obviously... Sometimes we feel like we're going down for the third time. But if we'll just praise Him and we'll turn it, you begin to see things come, turning around. Your situation may not turn around, but you'll turn around. Something will happen in your heart. You begin to see things differently. You'll say, my God's got this. He's got my back. He's going to take care of this, you see. Jehoshaphat knew. So praise is a weapon of spiritual warfare. Praising. Worship. Worship Him. Get in the presence of the Lord let Him speak to you. I tell you, there's so many things bombarding my mind nowadays. Everything is coming. And when I do get quiet before the Lord, first thing I think of is something that I've got to do. In fact, it's not just one thing. It will be a list of things that go. And you know what? The enemy will tell me, you know, if this is an emergency, you need to get up. You need to get up and do this right now. And see, if I follow those dictates, and get up, then more likely I won't come back to my quiet time. But see, what the enemy has done is he's actually won that particular victory, okay, and getting me up. And you know, my day just doesn't go like it should go, what I want it to go, when I don't spend that time with God, His Word, getting His Word, and begin encouraging, because His Word is so encouraging and comforting. I just encourage you to do that on a regular basis. Translation, the moment they began their shouts and praises, the Lord set an ambush against them. Obviously, I think many of us are being spoken to today saying the same thing. Don't be afraid or discouraged. The battle is the Lord. Are you willing to let God work on your behalf? It's called faith. And it's activated by praising God. (laughs) Praise God, hallelujah. In Psalm 48, verse 1, God is great. Is the, God, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. Martin Luther said this, a person cannot praise God unless he understands that there's nothing in himself worthy of praise, but that, that all that is worthy of praise is of God and from God. Praise lifts the heaviness. In Isaiah chapter 61, to proclaim the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, which is to be distressed, brokenhearted, or depressed. So, you like to break that bond of depression? Begin to praise the Lord. We were created to praise Him in First Peter chapter 2. But you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Isaiah 43, The people I formed for myself. That they may proclaim my praise. A.W. Tozier said this. Tozer the old saint. That I've read many of his writings over the years. Listen to what he says. The purpose of God in sending his son to die. And live. And be at the right hand of God the Father. Was that he might restore to us. The missing jewel. The jewel of worship. That we might come back and learn to do again that which we were created to do in the first place. Worship the Lord and the beauty of His holiness. Amen. All of it. Not Psalm 95. Come let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. And make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. And then what happens? It goes on to say in verse six, oh come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. The order is praise and then worship. We have to praise Him. Praise is the gateway to worship. We need to praise Him like we never have before. There are postures of praise. Clapping. Lifting their hands. Dancing. Praising Him. David danced before the ark. Coming in, remember? He he stripped down to his boxer shorts. And I'm not asking anybody to strip down here. (laughs) I'm just saying. We have to just be totally gods. okay? David just said, Lord, here I am. And I worship You. Because when we reach up, we're saying, Daddy, Daddy, I love you. And I receive you. I just believe you. We reach up. You know how your children reached up for you? You just reach up for your daddy. Uh, Romans chapter 8, Abba Father, Daddy God. You reach up to him. Father, I love you. I praise you. I worship you, Lord. Use your hands for just there. Just reaching up to our Father who is so intimate. Intimate with us, clapping. It's a form of applause to God, you see. Commending, applauding, recognizing who He is. Musical instruments and singing. So, how should we praise the Lord? Again, audibly. Other forms there are dancing, yes. We dance before the Lord, move, stand with Him. Now, we'll read this scripture here right at the end, and I'm I'll, let, uh, I'll come to a close. In Acts chapter 16, verses 22 through 26. If you remember, Paul and Silas were thrown in jail. They were proclaiming Jesus as Lord. Remember, they didn't like it. And they said, shut up. We don't want you to tell anybody else about this man, Jesus, because you're causing a ruckus. And they refused to do that. Remember, they were thrown in, in jail. And the word of God says this in Acts chapter 16, The crowd rose up together against them, and the chief magistrates tore their robes off and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. And when they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at about midnight... Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were open and everyone's chains were unfastened. Hallelujah. They just sang. And an earthquake took place. And you go, yeah, but this is... This is Paul and Silas. We are children of God, folks. There is power in praise. So if you're fastened down by something today and you've got shackles on you, begin to praise the Lord. Watch what happens. Now, it may be some type of earthquake that God sends your way. There's going to be something that's going to happen today. You change your heart. So when you're shackles of something in life, feeling down, feeling love. Don't allow your emotions to control you. Is that a good word? Don't allow your feelings to impede your worship. Begin to praise God. Praise God because of His great promises. Praise God because of what He said He would do for you. And praise God because He is big enough. Praise God because He can heal, set free, raise up, set up, life you up. God is above all and has marvelous promises in our eyes were both upon all of us and obviously will keep us, will never stop praising Him. Whatever it is, whatever it may be, praise Him and watch the earthquake take place. Watch what happens. Your prison doors will open. You'll get unshackled. So maybe somebody here today that that situation, it really applies to them. And you're going, well, you know, I, I don't always feel like You don't have to feel like it. Remember, it's not about us. None of this is about us. It's all about God. Amen? It's all about Him. Just begin to praise Him. Don't feel like it? Probably at the time you don't feel like it, and I don't feel like it, is when we need to praise Him the most. Right? You come in. We're tired, obviously. Had a rough day and... We just don't have this snap in our step like we did. Just praise Him. You can praise Him and thank Him and glorify His name. I want that to happen in your heart in my heart 24-7. I want to worship Him. I want to get prepared for heaven. I want to be ready when I go into His presence because we're going to be in His glory 24-7. Throughout eternity. Now, what can you do? Ask Him. Ask Him. Ask him. And then expect. Believe. Just expect him. When you come in here. I was with somebody. A group of people yesterday too. Along with the men. And a lady has really struggling. And I didn't know what was wrong with her. And uh, she told me her name. I'd never met her before. And, and I told her. I felt like the Lord spoke to me right immediately. And said tell her. That I know her name. And I know what she's going through and I'm already working it out, the pressure that she's feeling right now. And so I told her that. I didn't know what her problem was, but evidently it was right on. God knows. She was praising God. And God had a word for her. God released something that began to set her free. Because right at that time, she was, I think, ensnared and had some chains that God just wanted to break off of her. God said, I know you. I know who you are. And I want you to know I'm for you. And I'm going to see you through this. But we need to praise. And we need to give him the glory and the honor. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your attention today. I just, I always... Put you on Lynette. I always put you on the, on uh, on the spot. Would you put that song on by We the Kingdom? I want you to listen to this song. We We the Kingdom. Can would you would you put it on and 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 put it up here, please, before we go, and then we'll close. I just want you to l- watch, listen to the words of this song. God's speaking to everybody through this song. It's anointed and. I want everybody to know how God feels about you, okay? He loves you. He loves me. We just can't even explain how fully he does love us.